Hey everyone, David Pakin here. Just wanted to provide this next episode, which is going into some of my most fundamental, practical, applicable tactics for when you're going to networking events or if you're meeting new people within a business or networking environment. Hope you enjoy. networking and I just want to share them because I think they're really helpful if you're somebody who struggles on what you should do at networking events. Um, I think these are just a couple of tactics. I don't think it's all inclusive, but it's definitely the things that just came off the top of my head of what I was doing either consciously or subconsciously. So first off, who am I looking for when I'm trying to network with people, especially at a big event where there's 3,000 people, there's a lot of opportunity to talk to different people. Uh, so the first thing I do is I look for people who are walking alone or just walking around kind of aimlessly looking around and trying to see if anybody will kind of interact with them. Uh, this is kind of an easy tell. Uh, typically, I will avoid people who are on their phone unless I see that they're just on Twitter kind of refreshing their feed, almost looking for something to help them escape from their boredom. Uh, so ideally, it's somebody who's walking around either have a drink in their hand or they have some, or they're just kind of looking around for people to meet. And then the second most optimal person to talk to, I think would be somebody who's on their phone and pretty bored. Um, if there's somebody who's kind of like writing an intense email or it looks like they're trying to concentrate, I would avoid that because you could uh, basically be interrupting a huge email that they got to put out or a big text message that might be personal. Um, so once you find somebody like that, I would say the first thing you should do when you're introducing each other is to pay attention to at the bare minimum, their first name. Uh, the reason why that's important is that at the end of the day, there are other ways once you get their first name where you can go back and try and figure out who you were talking to so that you can either add them on LinkedIn later or try to look up their email to follow up with them um, if, they, if the conversation goes well. But you want to make sure to know their first name at the beginning and kind of repeat it to yourself in your head while you're listening to them if you're able to do that just so that you have a kind of a, a data point um, to go off on if you want to add them later. And I'll get into why that's important later on. So you'll see how that uh, uh, comes into play later. Um, if you can get a last name, really important, really helpful um, if you're trying to add them later because, again, that's another way for you to just kind of limit the amount of search that you have to do to find them again and, and add them to your uh, LinkedIn or follow up. Um, the, the second thing that I'll do after introducing myself and kind of saying how, how are you and kind of exchanging pleasantries is just ask about what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. The reason why I say ask what they want to do on a day-to-day -day basis instead of what do you do for work or what do you do, where do you work? is because you want to avoid asking a question where they could potentially feel out of place already if they're not currently employed, if they're between jobs, if they're kind of networking right now to look for a new job. You don't put the pressure on them to try and come up with an excuse as to why they're not working at a company right now. So I think it's an important distinction and it's an important tactic to kind of make sure that you're giving them the opportunity to say what they do on a day-to-day -day basis and it doesn't necessarily have to be their work right now. They might be working on their side project or working on their side hustle. Um, if they do answer with the company, again, remember that company. So right now, all we have to do in our kind of memory bank is we just want another first name, which you've repeated to yourself twice, and then their company, which I think should be a little bit easier to recognize because it's a little bit more distinct. Um, but if you don't know what that company is, maybe ask them to repeat it. It might help for you to remember later on. Um, if you didn't get a, a first name and from, their, uh, from the earlier introduction or if you're forgetting it in your head, a good thing to do is maybe try and ask them where they went to school. Um, and then the reason for that is that now you have either where they work or what they do on a day-to-day -day basis, what their school is, 
Um, and then the third thing, ask them to elaborate on what that, what the actual function of that is. Um, and once you get a better idea of what they're actually working on on a day-to-day -day basis, again, it makes it easier to at, uh, to try and find them later on. Um, and then all of that kind of gets thrown out the window if they have a business card, right? So if they do end up having a business card at the end, it's much easier to add them or follow up with them later because you have all that inf information right there. If you don't, now that you've started to ask that stuff in the beginning, you have their first name, ideally, their company, the school they went to, and the day-to-day -day activity or their role, which you can then literally type into LinkedIn. So you have all these data points that you can go back later and add them on LinkedIn. I think it's also important to have um, your fallback plan, kind of your plan B, in case you start running out of things to talk about or if you see the conversations dying down. And one of the things I'll do is I'll just ask them, what brought you, what brought you to the event today? So I'll, I'll literally ask them, how'd you find out about the event? Um, typically, they'll talk about how their company sponsored it. That's the reason why I went to the dinner tonight. Um, they'll say that they were just going to see how the event was and what it was like, or they've never been to the event and were really interested when they first heard about it. All three of those answers can go into different conversations that then kind of open up and create a little bit more of a relaxed state between you two and also just continue uh, the rapport between you two. Uh, I think on top of being able to ask questions that give you information and then also advance the conversation, you should also know what you do. So even if it's nothing at all, uh, you should at least know, so in the case that you know what you do, I would say that be able to say it within 15 and 20 seconds. So if somebody asks me, if I tell them that I'm a forensic, I work in forensic accounting and I work in forensic insurance and recovery services, right? They're gonna be like, what is that? I'll literally tell them, we help people get back on their feet when disaster strikes. So if a company like a manufacturing company or a hotel has a flood or the manufacturing plant halts, we come in and assess how much revenue they lost. How much did their business get impacted as a result of that interruption in their regular course of business? We come in and we measure that and make sure they're getting that money from the insurance company or do our best to do it within the four corners of the policy, uh, as my managing director likes to put it. So that's if you know what you do. If you don't know what you do or you're not currently doing anything right now, you're a student, you aren't working in the field yet or you've only really had one internship under your belt, be candid. Just be humble and say, um, you know, I'm new to the industry. I really just want to meet people within it and try to understand what people are doing within this industry so I can have a better idea of what I might want to go into. The reason why that's so amazing is that it's so attractive to people when you come in and you're just really just authentic. You're just you know what, I really don't know what I want to do yet, but I want to learn. And in order for me to learn, I need to meet people, great people like you, right? The, people will really appreciate that and the fact that you're not coming in there and trying to sell them or trying to get them on, on um, you know, you being a much, a big shot when you're really just learning and everybody knows that. So you can even say, you know, I know you don't have a business card, but I'd really like to follow up and learn and just continue the conversation and check in to see how things are going in a month or two. That, that alone will probably have them pull out their own notebook or pull out a piece of paper or rip off something and, or just tell you their email so that you can write on your phone. So just as long as you're trying to be as, you know, open to, to learning and uh, finding out more about them and continuing that relationship, they're typically going to be pretty receptive to that. Um, let's see. Oh, and then when you're, if you do find them on LinkedIn, this is really important and something that people screw up so much. You need to personalize your note. What do I mean by that? 
most people, when they go into LinkedIn, they've met someone, they find them on LinkedIn, then they just click the connect button or they click the check mark to add them. The problem with that is that person has no context for why you're inviting them. Because think, if you're both at a networking event and you both are going out and trying to meet a ton of people, that person might not remember ever either meeting you or what you talked about or if you even exist, if you're not a fake account. And so it's a big tactic to be able to actually put a personalized note about what you two actually talked about. If you're on a computer or laptop, you're gonna to go to the connect button, click on it, and then there's gonna be an option to add note. Do not hit the send now. That's what a lot of people do and it's the wrong move. You should add note, or if the connect option isn't there, you can go to the more, you can click the more option on that person's profile, and then again, it'll have a connect op, uh, option for you to click on, and then from there you can click the add a note. And I think it's just important to do just a, a sentence or two about what you discussed and that you're looking forward to staying connected or checking back within a month or two or whatever it might, however amount of time you two in the conversation discuss checking in or reaching back out. All of these tips are the types of things that I do no matter what every single networking event I'm at. This is, it's, it's just the core principle. There's other tactics that I look forward to adding and kind of doing more videos on, but at, at the bare bones, bare minimum, foundational principles of what I do at a networking event, these kind of encompass, um, I would say about like 80 to 85% of it, with the other things being little nuances that can kind of improve, but not necessarily have as drastic results as, uh, as the things that I laid out in this video. So I hope that was helpful. I think that that kind of does it within a kind of 10 minute window, giving you kind of a, the most valuable tactics that I use when I'm going into any networking event. Hey, David Pakin here. Just wanted to thank you. I, I know that you've got a ton of different podcasts that you could be listening to, but I hope this provided you some practical tactics for you to take into your next networking event. And I hope that you subscribe for more content. I'm going to try to put some of my best material out there, some of the best stuff that I've been using for years so that it can help you in your own endeavors. Thanks.